Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. Join us on our journey into the past, the present, and the future as we explore the relationship between technology and humanity. Together, we are going to find out what it means to live in a society where everything is connected and the only constant is change. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. RSA Security offers business-driven security solutions that provide organizations with a unified approach to managing digital risk that hinges on integrated visibility, automated insights, and coordinated actions. Learn more at rsa.com. Marco. Sean, we're on location. We are on location with uh, virtually with our friends at RSA Conference. Uh, this time for the 365 series, and uh, I don't know. Are you, are you feeling mature? I feel great. The question is, are you feeling mature or not? Uh, no, I, I have the blessing of keep my uh, my inner child very alive. So, but at the same time, uh, when we talk about serious topics such as this one, uh, and especially when we talk about cybersecurity, we have to be mature, and maybe we talk about non-maturity. <laughs> Maturity, also known as immaturity, perhaps, but yeah, I, I think maturity comes with uh, experience and and uh, maybe embracing some lessons learned and uh, perhaps even taking some risk and and failing a few times. Who knows? We'll see what it means and that, and to help us answer some of these questions and more. Uh, we have Tomas Banya joining us. Tomas, thanks for uh, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And we know that you have a presentation that includes the word maturity in it, uh, your session at RSA Conference 365, and uh, also has a word that I have to say Sean loves so much. I do love this word. Automation. Yes. <laughs> so we, we want to know how you day, put this together. I spend half my day manually working on stuff to automate things, <laughs> which Marco loves. Marco loves that. Now, but before we get into uh, all that goodness, uh, which my eyes will beam for those who can't see me, um, Tomas, just a few words about uh, what you're up to, your role, and why this topic. Sure. So uh, my name is Tomas Banya. I'm the Cyber Defense Manager over at Dolby Labs. And uh, automation has really been one of the passions of mine in the security space for quite a few years now. Uh, in my past organizations, we we kind of dipped our toes into some of the early days of the automation uh, of the automation journey, and then when I transitioned over to Dolby, we 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 really uh, we really went full tilt and and uh, 
try to try to push the boundaries of security automation as, as much as we realistically could. Love it. And I'll, I'll kick it off. So I'd, I'd like your definition of what security automation means and how, how broad is it? Because, I mean, I, I can immediately latch on to something like DevOps, DevSecOps and, mm-hmm. and automation there, but it could be security response automation. So what, what does it mean when you say security automation? Absolutely. So it's it's actually very great that you that you bring it up from that from that perspective because when when I first got started um, looking into the automation space, I I thought very similarly where you know it's 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 security automation from the perspective of just the operational side. So responding to an incident, taking care of alerts, looking into threat intelligence. But then when you when you really dive deeper into it, you realize there's a lot of IT and business-related processes that you can also uh, be integrating on a regular basis into into your overall automation strategy and and deliver a value to the rest of the organization that may not be immediately clear when you start off down the process. And then that was actually one of the other things I wanted to touch on, and I don't know if you have any examples maybe you can share because the initial thought is ops, like you said. But I'm wondering how... Maybe it's maybe you look at this from the perspective of conversations within the organization. But how do you how do you t- approach it from a risk based uh, model and or from a business enablement perspective? Sure. So one of the one of the most common ways I find to frame some of the more business driven or non security uh, or explicitly security driven challenges uh, in the automation space is going to be uh, framing the discussion around. Things like the time that's saved, the return on investment. Um, one of the one of the examples that that comes to my mind on a regular basis as really the first case that was dipping our toes outside of the exclusively security space was um, there was a business process within within the company that took quite a while. It took a number of days to uh, to initiate and execute upon the process. There there was a lot of approvers. Um, along the lines, and and what we identified is we can really streamline this to a point where if someone needs to get something done quickly, they they don't really need to have all of these manual interaction steps. We can leverage our existing security automation technologies to improve the business flow and allow to uh, allow the engineering groups within our organization to be a lot more nimble overall. So when I talk about when I think about automation. Um, it's kind of like when I think about you know using machine artificial intelligence, machine learning, and so forth. At this stage, it seems that most of the time, you say that there is a, a, an integration. You get help from this automation, but it's not necessarily the final answer. There's not. You can't really count it to make decision. And, and move forward. So where do you draw a line and, and how do you leverage what what can be used versus what is just a little bit of a filter? Sure. So one of the things that I cover in the presentation is there, there's really this, this broad scope of uh, going as, as simply as one, one singular action being orchestrated or automated to going fully end-to-end, every single action is handled by an automated process. And, and as you mentioned, it's, it's, it's really a broad scope. 
and organizations are kind of are are largely landing at the at the simple single task type automation. Um, but what I cover in the presentation is really how how to advance that methodology, how to, how to really take those those sets of single actions, bring them all together, so that you can potentially get to a point where you are doing the entire end to end process leveraging a, a fully automated or, or a mostly automated um, implementation. Can you give some example of what can be done and maybe connected to the other word they are using in your title, which is maturity? So at what stage a company can, or a business, an organization can start thinking the way that you're suggesting to think? Is there a, like, a level of maturity that you need to have in order to start developing this mindset? Sure. So I actually did a presentation at RSA back in 2018 around this specific topic of if if you're a security organization sitting on the sidelines saying to yourself, I, I, I hear this word, I hear this automation terminology, well, how, how do I move forward? What do I do? So in that presentation, I really covered the, the, the steps, the strategies, the things to look out for. But uh, to, to really boil that, that down into a simple answer, Basically, what it comes down to is, do you, do you feel that you have the, the technical and the business resources to move forward um, down a, an automation strategy? So do you have things like, uh, do you understand what your response or your, or your business processes are? Some, people, some organizations operate on tribal knowledge. There, there's some upsides and downsides to that. But at the end of the day, if... Once you once you go down the automation journey, you're going to have to document it in some way or another. So if you have a genuine understanding of what those processes are, you have the ability of potentially automating them as as you go along the automation journey. And then and then really the other thing is is going to be your 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 business resources. So do you have people with an understanding of how automation platforms function? So do they know what kind of what kind of tools and technologies can integrate with each other to to deliver the results that uh, that you're traditionally expecting to be completed by a manual processes? Um, it's something that is becoming uh, more prevalent within the industry is is having that knowledge of how tools and technologies can work together. But I think as as a as an industry, we we still have a very long way to go. And I, I've had this conversation many times over many years um, in different ways. And I'd love your perspective on this one point in terms of how do, how do you start? Is it there's this task that I'm doing manually over and over and over and it sucks? I want to automate that. Or is it there's an end goal I want to achieve, say, 5% of my resources time uh, and therefore I'm going to look at the, the whole process and find efficiencies throughout? Or is it what I really like would hope to see is if we can just put some guardrails around our team and, and automate stuff so they don't the human error kind of gets eliminated, we can we can actually save ourselves from something bad happening. How, how do you see companies approach and does the maturity level of the company change how they how they start their process? Sure. So I'd say it's very it's very much driven by the comfort within the organization to I don't want to say let go of the reins to a certain extent, but that's really what you're doing at the end of the day when you implement automations. You're you're, you're foundationally trusting that that the code, the tools, and technologies are going to perform the way you want them to perform without 
without you sitting in front of them on, on, on a, on a regular basis. And what I would say is that some organizations choose to, uh, especially those, uh, as you mentioned, that would maybe, maybe have less uh, of an overall maturity in their, in their security posture. Uh, those, those organizations are really focusing on those, on those quick wins. So uh, as an example, they are looking at a security alert and there are some actions that that security, uh, or sorry, they have to review the threat intelligence associated with it. Well, instead of having someone manually review 14, 15 different sources of information, leveraging something like a security automation platform to, to, to collate all that data for you. And then, uh, and then as you pivot to more advanced organizations, uh, we're, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing across the industry, more and more organizations trying to push the boundaries of um, starting to leverage things like machine learning, like deep learning within within their automation methodologies. And that in the long run is probably where the industry is going to go. But um, I would say I, I would say the organization's maturity does not necessarily define the the organization's ability to deliver. On, on an automation strategy, that one is really going to be more dependent on the actual technical staff that's involved in the process. Yeah, and when, when you mentioned staff, because you're talking about uh, releasing the reins, letting, letting go of the reins, and just because there's technology and an automated process involved doesn't mean that there aren't any errors, right? So we may actually build in some errors, <laughs> which, which we can talk about in a second perhaps, but the the human still has to be involved. So there's going to be an exception. There's going to be a problem. There's going to be something that has to be dealt with. And I'm wondering if you have any examples of where companies automated something and said, I'm good to go. You can't see me wiping my hands clean on, on for those listening to the podcast, but I'm good to go. My hands are clear of this. The machine has it for me. And where that really bites them in the tail end. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's, there's one example that, that, that sticks out of my mind as a regular basis and just kind of serves as a, as a core reminder of what kind of things to watch out for. Um, there was, there was a, a large organization in the past that implemented a, uh, basically a, a, an automation where if, if something was found to be malicious through their automated process, it was going to block the given resource or the given indicator for uh, from being accessed within the company. Now, for better or for worse, that was Google.com. And uh, well, if you block Google.com throughout an entire organization, the ramification, especially if they are leveraging, let's say, G Suite or, or something along those lines, uh, very significant to uh, imposition of, of, of challenges. Um, when, when that uh, when that block occurred, took them several hours to reverse the process. Of course, the the main challenge there was, well, we know how to do it automated in about fifteen minutes in terms of implementing it, but we never actually created an automation to remove it. <laughs> so, um, so it, really, it's it's thinking about two things: thinking about one, where where do you need to set those guardrails to to make sure that your automation effectiveness doesn't end up biting your organization in the long run. And, and then the second thing is, is really if something was to go wrong, if there's a challenge um, in your automations, 
having a backup plan, not just in terms of doing the process manually, but having a plan to reverse any changes that may be implemented uh, as part of your automation processes. So I guess the assumption is in the end, at least not for now, we we can really remove completely the human element from from the cybersecurity challenge. Uh, eventually, somebody is going to have to supervise what the automation is doing. I mean, you just brought an example here. But there is an element of culture. I mean, lately, more and more, we talk about cybersecurity cyber culture in, within a, a company. And is there an automation culture that you need to push in a company so that it, everybody accepted and everybody works with this new model of not doing everything uh hands by, you know, with your hands, let's say, you know, just yeah. in, in figurative speech, of course. Absolutely. So what I would say is, is I think the easiest way to, to, to get a win or find a win within, within the security automation process is finding the things that are very difficult or very time consuming for people, even outside of the security organization and showing them the value that a platform like uh, you know that the security automation platform can provide you. So that that example I provided earlier about business process, we took something that would, took days of work and involved a lot of people, and we boiled it down to something that took less than a minute. And people didn't have to be sitting in front of a computer manually inputting code, updating lists. Uh, notifying stakeholders, everything was handled automatically. And that ended up saving them a lot of time so that they can move on with their other business processes. And that was that that I find to be the easiest way to 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 sell uh, a broader security strategy to the organization, or sorry, an automation strategy to the organization is is showing not just the value that it provides you for uh, the security team from a security perspective, but also um, to business leadership saying, Yes, this actually saves the business time to focus on other priorities as well. Am I correct if I say that to automate cybersecurity and sell that as a new concept comes easier when you're dealing with a company that is already dealing with automation in a lot of different aspects of the business? Sure. So I'd say if, if you have parts of the organization that are uh, that are more engineering driven or have other existing automations within the environment, they certainly have a, a deeper understanding of the things that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but what I find is with, with even a little bit of education on, uh, on what's actually taking place within uh, a given, uh, within a given automation, you can truly deliver a lot of value without, um, w- without meeting as much resistance. Once really, once you open, w- once you open that door, to an understanding that this is not just about saving uh, saving security time or, or saving security resources. At the end of the day, it means that the security team, the broader organization as a whole, has more time and more capabilities to service the other needs of the organization. That's that's where the real value add and the real sell comes through. So talk to me, Tomas, about uh, where this starts. Because I can picture an analyst in, in the SOC or or uh, an endpoint management team trying to deploy a bunch of stuff and and them beating their head over the wall or against the screen saying, uh, this just sucks. If I can only do something different differently here, 
I'd be a much happier uh, employee. <laughs> How does that bubble up or does it bubble up to a point where somebody says, okay, we're going to take some percentage of time to empower our users, our, our security team to look at how they run, how they do their job so that perhaps they could even take some time to build some tool or, or work on some platform to automate some things for themselves. Yes, I'd say the most the, the two most common things that I see at security organizations that that kind of that bring that to light are interestingly enough um, burnout and attrition. So uh, specifically, as you mentioned, the the security analyst sitting, let's say, on a watch floor of a security operations center. Um, in, in, in our traditional models, they, they're really just sitting there turning through alerts, looking at a wall, uh, 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 a pane of glass, hopefully addressing all the security concerns of the organization. But one of, one of the, the core focuses of my perspective on security automation is let's try to automate anything and everything that would generally be monotonous to the analyst or, or, or the end recipient of whatever the automation may be doing because then that really allows them to open up and focus on the things that are more interesting, more complex. And at the end of the day, it provides more value to the organization as well. I can see the, uh, the analyst, if, if you give them the thought of, okay, if I, if I change how I do this over and over and over, perhaps there's a different way of thinking about the problem they're trying to solve, right? So some, I'm always thinking of how to bring things up closer to the business versus closer to the threat and, and the, uh, and the tech, and it, perhaps there's some novel way of approaching something that changes the way you implement controls or monitor for anomalies or even build the process in the first place that maybe eliminates the need to automate anything downstream at all because you've avoided the risk and the, or the, the ability for the threat to become something real down the stream. Yeah, so you're kind of taking the, the quantity and focus more on the quality, right? So... If you're doing that thing so many times and doesn't, sometimes you say, you know, like Sean says, like, damn it, I shouldn't be the one doing this. I should use my my brain to do something <laughs> a little bit more constructive. Then, then you have a winning case right there. Absolutely. If you can, if you can allow your teams to be more foundationally engaged, uh, not just in the automation process, but in the work that they're doing on a day to day basis. That that pays dividends every single day of the week because if 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 they're just sitting there and just just going through the same thing over and over and over again and and, and not developing correlations or uh, developing a passion for the things that they're looking at, um, that that's going to cause a number of issues uh, as as you progress down the automation journey. As Marco knows, I can spend uh, weeks talking about this nonstop. Um, the only thing stopping me is I'd want to go and automate something. So I'd have to take a break from this conversation to do that. But um, the, the, the burning question that I had, and I'm, I'm going to put it on the spot here, is we're talking about maturity. And with maturity, we look at things from a cultural perspective. You, you kind of have to live and breathe who you want to be as an organization. And you can automate tasks. You can automate processes. You can automate operations at a larger scale. Here it comes. Can you automate culture? I think you can drive culture with your automation strategy. So I think in optimizing workflows that you have within within both the security organization and the broader company as a whole, you can lead 
a more effective security culture. One of the one of the more common things that we're seeing companies doing is uh, is automating things like their phishing analysis. So in the past, people would be sending an email to a, to an inbox and. Maybe somebody will respond to it. Maybe it'll just fall into a black hole. But when you get to the point where the end user knows that within a few minutes of them sending in something that they find suspicious, they're going to receive a response with contextual information and, and something that can drive their future security decisions, having that information easily accessible to the end user is something that can truly drive a change in security culture for the better. Yep. Love it. Can definitely see that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Tomas, it's been great to uh, to chat with you. I mean, it's a topic near and dear to my heart, and uh, which is one of the reasons uh, we've had you on today. And uh, a number of sessions at RSA Conference 365, I would encourage everybody to uh, attend yours. It's on the 27th. The, the title of that session is Scaling Your Defenses, Next Level Security Automation for Enterprise. And... Uh, I suspect you get into a lot, a lot here. Uh, we only scratch the surface on on a few of the items. So, I wish you the best with that, and uh, hope loads of folks join you and and take the first steps to uh, eliminating monotony. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much to the both of you for your time today. Thank you. RSA Security offers business-driven security solutions that provide organizations with a unified approach to managing digital risk that hinges on integrated visibility, automated insights, and coordinated actions. Learn more at rsa.com. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at Imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.